0: We are continuing today in our series called Rediscover Church, a series called Rediscover Church, and we kicked it off last week. We celebrated with many churches. It wasn't our uh, particular local church's idea. To do a back to church Sunday, uh, it's been going on for some years now, actually. Uh, but we celebrate it with a lot of other churches. You may have never heard of this, but in uh, every September, um, churches who participate do what's called back to church Sunday. And we, it's been tough the last couple years. You know, obviously with everything, tired of hearing that by now, aren't you? But with everything that's been going on, it's been kind of tough. But um, what we do is it's an opportunity for us to reach out and invite those, especially those who may have gone to church before and uh, maybe drifted away or, you know, got away from church to say, hey, come back to this one back to church Sunday and see what it's all about. See if you like it and and that kind of a thing and, and get them connected back in. So we kicked off last week celebrating back to church Sunday, but we're going to finish out this series on Rediscover Church, and it's really designed to get us uh renewed and excited about church, okay? Jesus is building his church, not only his universal church, but Jesus is building his local church, right? In every city, in every town, in every county, he's building his local church together, and we're all part of one big body of believers. Amen. And uh, we, you know, what separates us is that we're not a club. We don't, you know, I know that we tithe and we, we give offering and those kind of things, but uh, honestly, we're not a club where we uh, have to give dues every month in order to be a member, or you have to, you know, participate in that to be a member, really to be a member of God's family. You just have to accept his love and his grace. As we saw in the video, the simple message, the beginning anyway of the God gospel message is that Jesus died on the cross while we were yet sinners while our backs were turned to him while we did not have knowledge of him he died on the cross for us to redeem us back unto him and should we accept that should we acknowledge have a revelation that he is the messiah he is the christ and we repent of our sins ask him to come into our life it's as simple as that and we are saved and we it's not the end of the story it's the beginning of life. It's a birth. It's a new birth. If anyone is in Christ, behold, they are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. And so what we want to do in this series today and then the, the rest of this series, two things that I'm trying to accomplish and I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish through me is to get those of us who are in church to be reinvigorated about church. I know, you know, forget, um, I don't want to say forget, but despite COVID and problems and all of these other things, church remains. Church is still here. It's still the body of Christ. And when you think of church, what I want to do is sort of allow you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you about church. Don't let church be just what you see here as a Sunday morning service. And we do two songs or three songs and we have offering and then we have announcements or a welcome and then a prayer. And then, you know, it's da, 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 A lot of us do do things like that where we do a service and there's an order of service and there's all of those kind of things things, but it's not what church is all about. It's just that part, that's part of the journey. It's part of the way that we celebrate God and that we worship God, but it's only part of it, right? We are the church. In, in the prison ministry, Kairos, some of you are familiar with it. There's a prison ministry here in Indiana, what's well, all over the world, called Kairos that some of us here are involved in. I'm involved in it uh, as a spiritual director in Indiana. Uh, our brother, Michael Morgan, who's he and his wife are head uh, of our children's church now. can say that. Um, we renewed that. And uh, he's uh, also heavily involved in it. Uh, one of the things that we always chant, you know, almost every time we get together is who is the church and we respond we are the church we are the church okay so we know that so church can be anywhere the church can be in starbucks church is in starbucks if you're there right if you're there that's where it is but we celebrate here in the church building and i am trying to get us to be reinvigorated when we come together as a body of believers why because there's something that happens when we come together when we come together, when I was younger, I was part of this, uh, this, this group, uh, this gospel group, I guess, if you will. Um, I had grown up playing, uh, pop and R&B music. I'd been in church all my life, but I just learned that music, you know, and, uh, because I listen to music more than I do words. So I'll just confess that to you. Um, and so I like music, you know, and I grew up liking that kind of music. And so when I began to play in church, um, I, I didn't know all of the traditional, church chords and you know all of the the organ and whatever you know the hymns i didn't i didn't know that i knew the you know the kind of funky stuff you know that was popping r&b uh you know back in the 80s and um so uh me and a few of my fellas we got together in a group called ordained and um you know we because we heard a couple of contemporary groups like jars of clay and a group called commissioned and uh you know we said hey man that doesn't sound like traditional stuff. We can do that, right? So we, we got together and we began uh, to play, you know, in, in that vein with that, with that kind of uh, music. And it just opened my eyes up to let me know that God is not in a box. God is not as traditional as we sometimes make him out to be. And I would challenge you that church may not be what you believe it to be even our church service Uh, you know in Acts chapter 2 I'm sure they didn't have church the way that we're having it now and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way we're doing it I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way they did it but if we do something different don't get bit all out of shape because you don't have the you haven't cornered the market on how church should be I'm going to say some things that will maybe possibly rub you the wrong way for sure, and maybe upset some of you, right? And, um, but I believe it to be true, and I believe it is God. And those things begin with things like prayer is not the answer. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how quiet I expect it to be, right? And I know, and I, if you had a to- tomato or an egg, you might be throwing that right now. I might, you know, you might kick me out of the pastor's office. But before you do that, uh, let me finish. Worship and revival is not the answer. Prayer is not the answer, okay? Prayer, revival, worship service are all vehicles to get us to the answer, which is obedience. When we see what's going on in our country, in the world, you know, all of these kind of things, our, our immediate thought is, we better pray. We better get together and pray. Not a wrong thought. I'm not saying that. I never said prayer was wrong or, or not of God. I, that's not what I'm saying. It is absolutely the first thing we should do. I'm trying to change your mind to think that that is the end game. If we would just get together and pray, then it's done. We don't have to do anything else. No. No. You see, Moses went up to the mountain. He got before God and the glory of God was on him. So much so that it shone on his, shined on his face when he came down to be with the people. He was given the greatest document ever received in the history of the world. And that was the Ten Commandments. And, And some of us would have felt like this, going up to the mountaintop, this is it. We have reached the pinnacle. No, all of that was a vehicle to get people to obey the Ten Commandments. See, doing all that to get the Ten Commandments, being before God, doing all of the worship and doing all the praise, if there's nothing after that, it's all for nothing. See, this is what we have to understand. I told you, it might change your mind a little bit about what church is all about. Now listen, don't throw any rocks because I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you that prayer is wrong. We need prayer. We, that's why we pray. We would not pray, all right? As a pastor, I would not say, I believe God told us to pray every single Sunday as a corporate body if prayer wasn't right or if God didn't want us to do that. We absolutely need to pray, but it's not the end. The prayer is not the finish line. Revival is not the finish line. um, What we perceive to be a move of God in church service is not the finish line. It's only the beginning to catapult us to obeying what he would tell us to do. See, we can shout all we want, and the walls can come down, but if we don't go possess the land, come on, somebody. If we don't go in to possess the land, what are we doing it for? See, if it's just for a good feeling to make me feel good because I'm in church, and I cried, and I got to this emotional place, and it was great. That's fine, but people are still dying. There are people who don't know about Jesus. There are people who still have turned their back on him and will go to hell unless we obey God and take it the step further and witness to them. So as we rediscover church, we're rediscovering something that we may not have thought about in the past. Romans chapter 1. I guess I better get to some scripture, get down off a soapbox and get to some scripture. Romans chapter one, beginning at verse 13, as I always say, I'm reading from the new King James version of the Bible, and you may have a different version. Sorry with me, I'm not tied to a version because I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe if you're reading the wrong version, the Holy Spirit will show you, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And if not, he won't. (laughs) But we'll get to the same place together. We have the same spirit. This is Paul talking to the Romans who ruled the world at the time. And this is what Paul said. He said, listen, now I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit. Listen, listen to what Paul says. the, the, The idea is not just to come to you as if that's the pinnacle, but that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Why, Paul? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ; it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek, for in it is the right. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from watch this faith to faith, as it is written, "The just shall live." By faith. We shall live by faith. What is Paul imploring here? What is he trying to say here? At the end of the day, I'm not ashamed of the gospel that begins with the cross. That begins with the cross. Why? Because it is the vehicle that gets salvation to you. It's not the end game, but it's the vehicle. All of us would know John 3.16 in church or not. Most people would know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that almost like we know the Pledge of Allegiance or any other chant. We, 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 we know that. And when you focus on John 3.16, most of us, uh, as we should, we focus on what God did, for God loved the world. He so loved the world that he what gave his son and what Jesus did. He gave himself. You see, Jesus was only killed because he gave of himself. And we focus on what Jesus did for us as we should. But what deserves as much merit in that small passage, almost cliche passage by now, uh, the, the, probably the most memorized passage from the Bible, what deserves as much merit as what Jesus did on the cross is those who believe. It's an important phrase right in the middle Of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believes, that is, watch this, that is the condition to God's unconditional love. God's love is unconditional. Oh, he just loves us no matter what, doesn't even matter to those who believe. People who are healed, that, that Jesus healed, he asked a question. Do you what? Believe. 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 It is the point. Ephesians 1:13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, watch this, having believed, he said you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're not sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until you believe. Church, we have to be believable. (laughs) We have to be believable for people to believe. You think I'm preaching to you. I know that I'm preaching to the choir for those of you who are in church, but guess what? It's not just for you. It's for everyone who would believe, and it's up to us to spread this gospel. All people, all races, all ages, all backgrounds, everybody, one and all, no one left out. All people need a savior. All people need hope. All people need forgiveness. I don't care how much money you've got. I don't care how much righteous, how many righteous things you've done in your life. All people need a savior. All people need a second chance. All people need a future. Not just those who you think are worthy of it. Come on now. And that that goes all kinds of ways. I mean, there 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 are those of us who you know would 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 find it easy to minister to someone who's ready to receive. We go to a coffee shop, and maybe uh, someone is competent and educated, and they're easy to talk to, and and they listen to us, and we share the gospel with them, and they say, you know what, that sounds like a good idea, and I'm ready to receive it. And that those are the people that we would minister to. But someone who doesn't talk on your level who uses broken English or who it's hard to understand and hard for you to 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 speak to you won't speak to them or maybe it's the other way around maybe in your mind you feel like hey the one who's broken and the one who doesn't know anything that's the one that I'm going to go to because they don't know anything but the people who are educated they don't need me I'm not going to them no Jesus said all people all people, all backgrounds, it doesn't matter. Our mindset has to change in this area. It's about God moments. All people need a savior. Romans, Romans 5, 6 and 8 says this, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one, will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were in that world, we were still what? Sinners. Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. That is the message that we have to get across to people. To get them to discover and rediscover Christ's church. Not life church, not church service, but the church, the church. You see, to to gain salvation is to know Christ. You would know this as Lord, the almighty God, shepherd, father, encourager, the wind beneath my wings, all of those things. I love a... a, 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 a little sticker that was on a car bumper years ago, I read that, uh, you know, it talked about how some people say that, you know, Jesus is my co-pilot. <laughs> you know, I, lo- I used to love that little sticker, Jesus is my co-pilot. You know, it meant wherever I went, Jesus is right there with me. But, you know, I had to, I had to just correct that within myself because Jesus isn't my co-pilot. <laughs> Jesus is nobody's co-pilot. Jesus is the pilot. The car, the plane, the gas, the engine, he's the wind, he's the road, he's the way that you get there, he's all of it, he's all of it, he's not our co-pilot. And that's the message we have to get across. It's very simple. Some of us feel like, well, I just don't know how to, uh, how to do that. You know, people think that Christians are hypocrites or it's embarrassing. You know, they think I'm a fanatic or they think I'm crazy or they're not going to listen to me or I'll be rejected or I, and I just don't know what words would I say? I, I know that I've accepted Christ, but how would I get some? How would I convince someone else to do that? I, I just don't know. And it's a very, very simple thing to get across to them. And and, and if somebody is ready to receive, it's a matter of getting them to the place where they would say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you are the only way to the Father. You are the Messiah. I repent of my sins and I'm asking you to come into my life and to be Lord over my life. Forgive me now and take me in. It's as simple as that. It's the beginning of the gospel. See, all the other benefits I come that you might have life and that more abundantly is after salvation. I know God is no respecter of persons, but I'm talking about the conditions to God's unconditional love here. Come on. You see, God desires to use you. God desires to use ordinary people in everyday places, to win people to Christ and to restore prodigals. He wants to use ordinary people, people like you and I. Come on. People who have discovered Jesus should lead others to discover Jesus. Watch, watch, watch 2 Corinthians here. I'm gonna read it to you out of the message version. 2 Corinthians 5.20 talks about we're ambassadors of Christ as though we were pleading. He were pleading through us. Okay? You know that scripture, we're ambassadors of Christ. Listen to it in the message version. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Watch this, watch how it says it. He says, We are Christ's representatives. Listen, God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and to enter into God's work of making things right between them. I want to say that one more time because that touched me. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for christ 's himself now become friends with god he 's already a friend with you god 's already there you know I, I I like this phrase too that you know I, I chose jesus I chose I chose Jesus. And yes, in a way, it is a choice. But here's what you need to understand is that really your choosing of Jesus is really nothing more than a response because God has been wooing you since the womb. God has been after you from before you were born. He already set his love upon you. He already loved you. His mercy was already waiting on you. The cross already happened. And for those who live before the cross, watch this. A lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. He had already made it. He already made a way before he created man. That's how much he loves you. It's just up to us to accept what he's already done. God's been chasing you. He's been chasing you down. And when you finally accept it, you might want to say, boy, I I did a good thing today. I accepted the Lord. I I chose God. You got to say, that's all right. You can keep saying that. But guess what? Before you chose me, I chose you. Because our thinking needs to align with Jesus' thinking. Okay? Our actions need to align with Jesus' actions. Our hearts need to align with Jesus' heart. Matthew 9, 13 says, but go and learn what this means. Jesus said this, I desire mercy and not sacrifice for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Church, church, let us never, ever forget that, that Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. There's a lot of things we want to do. And listen, I am right there. And I'm, I'm in it. I threw myself, I threw my hat in the ring uh, when I responded to God's call to be a pastor. So I'm in it. You know, and I understand it. And there's a lot of things I want to do. And I, I, I want to start small groups and I want to re, redo our children's church and redo our youth and, you know, do this and have better music and all of these kinds. all the things that I want to do, all of that will mean nothing if we're not winning people to Christ. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm looking in the mirror now. If we're not winning people to Christ and telling them how they are more than conquerors and they're overcomers and if they would just have faith as Jesus said, if they would only believe and speak his word only, how they would be victors in their life in every area. Every area, finances, health, relationships. God has those answers. If we're not doing that, all of the other stuff, mirror, I know it. If we're not doing that, All of the other stuff doesn't matter. I told you we need to think differently about this thing. We need to think differently. Christ is trying to get us to line up with him first. First. Discover and rediscover church. Acts 5.14 says, Believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Do you ever think about that scripture when we think about whatever happened to signs and wonders? Whatever happened to, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit moving? Whatever happened to all of those things? When you think about things like that, do you think about a scripture like that? How believers were being added to the church. Multitudes of believers were being added. Do you ever think about that? Well, Christ wants you to think about that today. And see, as a church... We're focused on discovering and rediscovering church, and we're focused on getting people to discover and rediscover church. Some of us would know Acts 2.38. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it goes on to say, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. All believers must share this message everywhere at all times. And you don't have to be some great orator or some great speaker. The best way is to share it with your life. Share it with your life. How are you treating people with the love of Christ or with the love you think that they deserve? Because you have power if you have the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses you shall receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses witnesses god wants us to be overcomers all believers must become a messenger of this gospel message Not just that Jesus died on the cross, but that we're conquerors, more than conquerors, that we're overcomers, that we're victorious, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are the cream of the crop. Come on, somebody. That We're we're not just going up the rough side of the mountain, but we're bringing people up the mountain to get to where God is. That's what we're doing as believers. This is the gospel message that we have to share. And listen. We need to be a church, not just a life church, but the church, the church of Jesus Christ I'm talking about. The church needs to be a church that uses all means available to reach the lost, the unchurched, and the prodigals in rediscovering. Now I'm not talking about anything that's unbiblical or ungodly, and I get all of that, you know, hey, we don't need all of the lights, and we don't need what. Listen, at some point, uh, we, we'll, we, gotta, we have to have Jesus in us. As long as we're bringing the message of the gospel in Jesus, I'll use anything. I'll meet you at Starbucks. We can meet here at church. We can take a drive. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Why? And if you don't agree with that, then you don't agree with Jesus. Because he went to Matthew's house and sat with sinners and the Pharisees. Look, what is this man doing? Why is he letting this woman, this prostitute, Pour oil on him because he's using any means necessary to get to the lost. I'll come to you. I'll come to you where you are. Come to you. We need to have an intercessory prayer. We need to understand the mindset of the unchurched and the unsaved. See, their mindset is not a, a, a mindset where we would say they're just, they're just rebellious and they're just evil and they're not searching, they don't want anything. The mindset is that I still value a personal touch. I still value a personal touch. I want continual options and multiple choices. That's their, that's their mindset. I, I, I want to be able to filter today's complex culture. I'm talking about people who are searching. We got to meet them where they are, not compromising. I want to change in the important areas of my life. This is what people are saying. This is what they're searching for. I want to have a place where I can build relationships, not where I'm going to be looked at funny because I don't know the words to your little Christian songs or because I dress in just a shirt and pants and everybody else dresses differently that they're going to look at me funny or I don't know church vernacular. You know, we have a church vernacular. We've talked about that before. You know, I get a, you don't go around town and someone says, uh, you know, the, the Colts, their defense needs help. Oh, I get a witness to that. We, we don't typically say, use that. They do, don't they, Virgil? I know, that's why I use that. I do you going to say that. But we, use, we don't go around and say, I get a witness. That's our church. We have a church vernacular. But we have to be, and that's great. You know, I love it. I love it. But one of the things is we have to be careful not to ostracize or not to shun people away. And be our own little clique in our own little group. People are saying, I want to belong somewhere. I want to do something that really matters in my life. I want to do something that really matters. So rediscover church. Rediscover church. It's, it's an emphasis. It's an emphasis that we have. Back in 1981, in Minnesota, this radio station reported of this man who had who had. Uh, stolen a car and the police were were, they actually came on the radio and trying to get in touch with this man on the front seat of the car that he had stolen was a box of crackers and the crackers was laced with cyanide now the owner of the car was going to use those crackers as a rat trap because he had a rat infestation and but, but he left them right on the front seat. So the, the guy who stole the car was driving the car with these crackers right on the front seat. So now all of a sudden, the police and the owner of this little Volkswagen Beetle are trying to get in touch with this guy. Not so much to get the car back, but to save his life. There are so many people that run from God because they feel like they're running from punishment. And they're really running from their own salvation. That's the message we need to get across. That's the message in a loving way. I'm not coming after you to give you a hell and brimstone message so I can beat you up and beat you into salvation. But I'm coming after you with love because I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to save your life. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, there's a lot of talk today about personal pronouns. And I'm not going to get into that. I'm not here to preach about that. Don't get nervous. But I came across something that Martin Luther said one time. He said, the life of Christianity consists of possessive pronouns. He said, it's one thing to say that Christ is a savior. But it's another thing altogether to say that Christ is my savior and my Lord. Amen. The devil can say the first. Only the born again Christian can say the second. That's the message that we have to get to people. So what am I trying to do as we finish up here? All I'm trying to do is get you reinvigorated. Two things. One, to, to rediscover church. Not just what we do, not the order of service, or the, but, but what church is really about. It's about people and fellowship and, and, and forgiveness and and crossing lines, not to compromise, but to understand others and the, and, the, and the path that they're walking. And to pray together. That's what it's all about. And then I want to get us reinvigorated to live a life that brings other people to church. Your life is not your own. When you go before God, God is going to look at you. And if you get in, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant that you got in. You accepted salvation but I believe that God's also going to do like this and look behind you. Who else did you bring with you? Did you, did you witness to anybody? Well, did you live a life? Did you help anybody? Did you tell anyone that you loved them? You didn't have to preach on the pulpit, but did you do anything that I told you to do? And so rediscover church, rediscover church is an all church heart shift. This is what it is toward all people around our life, our home, our neighborhood, our school, our dorms, our workplace, and people from our past. And if we all together would reach out every day to one, two, three people with a touch card, phone call, Facebook for young people, Snap, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it may be, and invite them to Jesus and to church, those people would be touched And many will be reconnected with Jesus and the church. This is my personal challenge to you as we discover and rediscover church.